Welcome to the Chase Sagum Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Sagum. Today we're going to be talking about Facebook ads. Some of you have submitted some questions, so we're going to do some Facebook ads Q&A. We did this uh, a couple weeks ago, and a lot of you guys liked it and requested that I answer some more questions and go over some more tactics and strategies and some specifics. So we're going to get into that. And we've got some really good questions that came in today, so I'm really excited about today's episode. But first, the intro. When we did our first Facebook ads Q&A a couple weeks ago, I was very impressed with the feedback that I received from many of you. A lot of people were very um, excited about the information that they got from, from the Q&A that we did, and, and a lot of people got a lot of value out of, out of it. So I wanted to make sure we did it again. So today, Facebook ads Q&A part two, we're going to have here a second episode, and we're going to do a third one uh, regarding Instagram ads, which is part of Facebook ads, obviously. We're going to do that later this week, so keep an eye out for that. But today we're going to address some more specific questions that you have had. We've got six that have come in, and I want to preface today's Q&A with just a couple points that I think are important to highlight. Number one, you know, as a owner of a digital marketing agency that manages many, many different brands and relies heavily on Facebook advertising for the success of those brands, and those brands crossing everything from e-commerce to local-based businesses and services and lead generation and everything in between, I'm able to give answers to these questions based on experience. This is not me regurgitating a blog post or something that I heard or read on the internet. It's purely based off experience. So with that, a Surgeon General's warning, understand that there is obviously not one single silver bullet answer to every one of your problems or to any of these specific problems within Facebook. There are lots of answers, and the answers I'm giving you are based off experience. And so pros and cons there are, obviously, you can uh, stand on my shoulders with some of these problems and and hopefully not make some of the same mistakes I have made in the past. Uh, but also along with that, keep an open mind and test things on your own. And some of these ideas that I'm portraying to you that are answers to these Facebook ad questions, try them, test them, have a scientific method for working from them as opposed to just blindly following. I think that's always a dangerous thing when we talk about these very specific internet tactics, internet marketing tactics. So let's get into it. Uh, First question is from Scott. Scott asks, how effective are Facebook ads in generating actual sales? Okay, so I'm assuming, Scott, you're referring, obviously, to e-commerce because you're talking about the website being able to do the transaction for you as of, as opposed to acquiring a lead and then maybe doing that or performing that sale in store or in person or over the phone. So they can be very effective. Many brands that our agency represents rely heavily on Facebook ads to drive sales volume at a good return on ad spend, or ROAS as it's often referred to as. Obviously, there's a few big, big things that are are dependent on this. You have to sell a good product. You 
can sell a crappy product too. I just personally am not very good at marketing bad products. I'm good at marketing good products. So you have to have a good product. You have to have a good website, a good user experience. A lot of people love Shopify. I'm a big believer in Shopify. I love Shopify. And if you've got a good backbone for an e-commerce store, you're giving yourself the best chance to succeed from the traffic you're you're paying for from Facebook ads. So that that would be number item number two. And then number three, you got to have the right operations in place. I see so many people with amazing ad copy, uh, amazing websites, and the operation side of the digital marketing is missing. And what I mean by that is conversion pixels, pixel placement, conversions reporting back into the system so that you can see which ads and ad sets and campaigns are performing well and which are not. All of those little technical details from whether it be reporting or tracking or how all the systems talk to each other and connect, even the operations on the IT side of how fast is the website, maybe it looks amazing and the 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 messaging on the website is amazing for the product that you're sending traffic to, but how fast is the site? Is it mobile friendly? You know, all of these are operational things. And then I also think there's an operational way to look at your targeting. Are you breaking out the different ad placements or are you just lumping them all into one? I, I like to break them out. You know, your, your Instagram ad needs to be treated differently than your Facebook ad inside of the Facebook ads general platform. So that's just one example. There's there's literally a dozen in there, whether it be the, the messenger ad type to the desktop you know, right-hand column ad type. There's just a, a ton of different options. And the operations of all that and how you execute always, because it's not sexy, people don't like talking about that, but that is literally 60 to 70% of the battle, just having your operations down. So if assuming those three things are in place, Scott, uh, Facebook ads can be very, very profitable for you. I don't think there's any reason if you, again, if you have those three things in place, there's no reason to not expect a three, four, or even five to one return. And, you know, again, ad copy plays a huge role in that. I think there's some questions coming up about that, so we'll address that. But yes, uh, it can be very, very profitable in generating sales. I think this is one other thing I want to highlight on this. There, and I have been skeptical of this in the past for many reasons, and there's reasons to be. But if you don't leverage Facebook's pixel reporting, it can highly skew what you think your performance is for your Facebook ads. So I don't know, Scott, how how detailed you are on the digital marketing side. Some people that are listening may just be running Facebook ads and have an Instagram account, and that's how they're driving their business. If that's the case, attribution model isn't really a problem. And so you're going to, it's very easy to tell you, just follow, set up your conversion pixel properly and watch the sales come in. Um, For those of you who are paying for traffic from multiple different traffic sources, you're probably using a platform like Google Analytics or um, Omniture or, or something of that nature to track the sales at a source level, at a traffic source level. 
And what you'll find if you don't have a multi-layered attribution model in place, Facebook ads won't look like they're performing for you. And but then mysteriously, all of a sudden, your your Google ad campaigns for your own branded terms will start doing really, really well. And that's because the Facebook ad is initiating the interest and creating the brand presence for you, which is then increasing your brand sales on Google and increasing the number of people looking for you on Google. So again, that's just one example, but coming full circle, I highly recommend leveraging Facebook's reporting, making sure you have in the, uh, the, the pixel set up properly so that you can track actual conversions. And if you use Shopify, again, you're referring to sales, so I'm assuming you're talking e-commerce. If you use Shopify, then there's a very easy, already built and ready to go feature inside of Shopify's main platform, which is allowing for data in the form of events, JavaScript events, to get passed back to um, to Facebook to know where a sale happened and for how much. So if you follow that reporting, and again, you have all those other things I just talked about earlier, good website, good product, uh, good operations, it can be very, very profitable for you. But I just threw probably 12 things at you that you got to make sure you do if you want to have success. Guys, there are entire brands that are in e-commerce that literally only advertise on Facebook. They don't even advertise on Google at all. And that's been a shift that I've seen really happen over the last couple years. There's agencies that only manage Facebook ads for e-commerce brands. It's that powerful. So it can be very, very good. And, and if you're struggling, I think you need to not walk away from it. You, need, you just need to own up to the fact that maybe you don't have enough expertise in-house to do it or find somebody who can help you or just have a little bit more of a testing budget so that you can test a few more of your hypotheses because it should work. The, the CPMs, generally speaking, are low enough to where, where it should work. Okay, question number two, Leslie. Leslie asks, how do I create the perfect Facebook ad? How do I create the perfect Facebook ad? Let me think about that. Well, uh, I don't know that there's a perfect Facebook ad. So this is interesting. I don't know if you're in pay-per-click advertising, Leslie. Uh, Google, paying for ads, paid search ads has created, I think there's been a lot of paid search people who have struggled to make the jump to Facebook ads because it's so much more open-ended and allows for so much more creativity. There's so many more options. On Google, there was very much an opportunity and still is for there to be a general set of best practices that really form your strategy and and point you in the direction of where you should and should not go. Facebook ads opens up so many more possibilities and so when you say perfect Facebook ad, you know, the first thing I think of is the perfect Google ad and what you should and should not include in a Google search ad. And, and because of the restrictions on a Google search ad, it's more possible to have a perfect ad. In Facebook, man, like 
It depends. It depends on so many factors. Are you talking about a carousel ad? Are you talking about a video ad? Are you talking about a, an image ad in the news feed? Are you talking about an engagement post, which allows for a bigger sized image? I mean, there's so many things. Let me just maybe break down a few principles that I think will help you. Number one, be native. Always be native. You'll probably hear me talk about that a lot in this podcast. And what I mean by that is is what the internet means by native. You're being native to the platform that you're on. I see too many people running Facebook ads inside of Instagram. And that's a huge mistake. Why? Because the image dimensions on an Instagram ad are different than the image dimensions on a Facebook ad. I see people running Facebook video ads that are 16 by 9 aspect ratio videos that work perfectly on YouTube and Facebook, and they're running them in Instagram. If you want to succeed in Instagram with video, it's got to be a one-to-one aspect ratio, right? 1080 by 1080, perfect square. So that's an extreme example, but we can get even more detailed, you know, being native to, is it a desktop ad versus a mobile ad? Is it a messenger, an ad that shows up in Facebook Messenger versus the instant articles placement? Being native with your ads is critical. I will say that video obviously tends to create a better response, but that's only if the video ad is really good. So make sure you're running a really good video ad. Now, another point I'll make there is you see so many people trying to create overly produced video ads. I don't think you need to be overly produced what you need to, or even overly polished, you need to be functional in your video ad. I see a lot of video ads that are really fancy and they don't stay on message. They don't portray exactly the USP of whatever the product or service is that's being sold. So when you start talking about perfect, you gotta highlight those USPs, make sure that you're staying on message. But I would say video, and short form video as ads. And I've even seen long form too. It just depends on what business you're in and and it depends on what you test and try. I've seen long form video do really, really, really well with B2B. And I've seen short term, uh, short um, cycle video, you know, 15, 20, 25 second video clips do really, really well for e-commerce. So you'll wanna test a lot, but be native for a perfect Facebook ad, test, like crazy, don't stop testing. You'll find that the uh, some of the most subtle changes in your ad copy or even in the image of your ad can mean the difference between a, a relevancy score of four or five versus a seven or eight. And that dramatic of a jump in relevancy score could cut your CPCs in half or more. So those are some, some things to think about. Obviously, you've got restrictions, right? You can't have more than 20% of the image contain text. And so people who are very creative at at really towing the line of that 20% and creating just enough messaging and you know enough to to portray what it is the USP is, those those are the ads that tend to do the best. So you'll want to be good at that. I'm a big fan of carousel ads if they're done right, and what I mean by that carousel ads that tell a story. So as you're sliding slide one, slide two, slide three, slide four, etc., you're telling a, a story with that. 
Maybe it's a product and how it's created or how it's shipped to you or delivered to you as the consumer. You know, there's there's a million different ideas you can go go with there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I'd say there for a perfect Facebook ad. Third question, Nick asks, what is a good CTR for a Facebook ad? This is a, this again, this is a Google ads type of question, Nick. You're probably a PPC guy. Not to pick on you, that's awesome. I love PPC. Uh, paid search is amazing. Um, CTR is going to be all over the place on Facebook. And even then, it's not going to be nearly as good as you may think it should be. And it's basically because you're dealing with disruptive advertising in a way. I mean, Facebook advertising is disruptive. Your mom is on Facebook talking to her friends and family, posting photos, and then seeing ads while she's trying to do it. It's very disruptive. Um, so as a result, the click-through rates are going to be lower, but what's interesting about Facebook is the targeting and how that impacts you know, the, the insane detailed levels of demographic and psychographic targeting that you can do can, can dramatically alter the CTRs. Uh, the best click-through rates I've ever seen are between 2.5% and 3.5%. And this is, I'm not talking about existing customers or subscribers to your brand. I'm just talking about getting out in front of new people using lookalike audiences. When we start talking about retargeting people who have already bought from you or are existing customers or have visited your website before, and you're trying to re-engage them, those click-through rates can be much, much higher, and I've seen those all over the place, from 5% to 15%. That's literally that high, because if you have such a, a super tight-knit custom audience that you're targeting, it could really be really, really high if, you're, if your retargeting strategy is that good. So I would say, to reference the getting in front of new people, these look-alike audiences that I like to talk about, Two, you know, one and a half to two and a half percent, I think, is a number you can really shoot for. But measuring Facebook ads from a click-through rate perspective is not really the right way to think of it because of the disruptive nature of Facebook ads. It's better to look at CPA, CPL, relevancy score, frequency score. You know, understand how relevant is your ad to the audience. Understand how frequent the same person is seeing the same ad. Understand that you're in a disruptive ad environment and therefore your CTRs may be low. It doesn't mean your strategy is bad. And I think I've seen a lot of PPC people get stumbled over that problem. Do not over-obsess over with CTR on Facebook ads. So hope that helps. Question number four, Anthony asks, how can I increase the actual reach of my Facebook ads? Okay, so Anthony, I'm assuming you mean reach in terms of the broadness, maybe up the funnel, I'm assuming you're thinking here. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to understand this question. So I'm a big fan of lookalike audiences. You've heard me talk about this many, many times. If you have a base of customers, upload their email addresses, build a custom audience with the intention of building a 
lookalike audience from that custom audience and target them. This, in a way, is leveraging machine learning from Facebook, frankly. You don't have the machine learning in-house, but by building a lookalike audience off of your customers, letting Facebook match your customers based on the data you upload, and then building a lookalike audience off of it, you're essentially leveraging machine learning on Facebook side. Now, how good are they at machine learning? I don't know. All I do know is that lookalike audiences do really, really well for me. So I, I absolutely love that part of the business. And could machine learning be better with Facebook? I guess. I don't know. I just know that lookalike audiences are very powerful. So how do you increase that reach? Well, Anthony, you've probably noticed when you, if you've ever built a lookalike audience before, you have this variation number that you can create, which 1% is the closest you can get to your custom audience in terms of variation. And that number can go all the way up to 10%. I like to build ad sets where I start by targeting a lookalike audience of 1%. And then as frequency starts creeping up to you know 1.5, 1.6, what that starts meaning is on average, a person in your, in your audience is seeing your, your same ad 1.5 or 1.6 times. So as it starts to creep up, because I don't want the same person to see too many ads, if I'm dealing with more of an evergreen advertising campaign, rather than just swapping out ads, I'll use this as an opportunity to understand that I actually need to increase my reach. Right? If I'm running a lookalike audience that, and there's 2 million people in it, and I'm flooring this thing, and I'm spending a couple hundred bucks a day in ads on this one ad set, <clears throat> excuse me, and my frequency is still at a, you know, for a 40 or 60 day time period is still a one or a 1.1 or 1.2, then I know I don't need to increase the reach of my Facebook ads yet. But as they start to creep up, then I can use that as an indicator, the frequency score that is, I can use that as an indicator of, okay, why don't I expand the reach here of this ad set? So what I'll do, Anthony, is I'll layer then a 2% variant look like audience on top and then a three percent and then a four percent etc i've never really gone beyond five to be fair i've never had to and whenever i get up to about four or five then i'll start really changing messaging if the frequency score gets ever gets that big so that's how i like to do that that's how i expand up the funnel that's to me is the best way to expand the reach of your facebook ads another one is obviously international i don't know if your business ships products overseas or has services that it can perform overseas, but we overlook Canada way too much as advertisers and, and as marketers. We overlook the UK. We definitely overlook Australia, which is a fantastic place to advertise and market because it's a westernized country and they make a lot of the same type of purchasing decisions we make here in the United States. So those would be a couple of my answers. Question number five, we got two more here, bear with us. Question number five, Lee asks, how do you manage Facebook ad decay? Okay, so I, I think you mean fatigue. How do you manage Facebook ad decay? So yeah, fatigue. So frequency score, I, I watch frequency score like a hawk. Uh, I use an app 
we use an app as an agency called RevealBot, and it's an automation tool that syncs our Facebook ad account with our Slack so that as a company we can get alerted when certain things are out of whack. And one of the things we, we watch very closely is frequency, that frequency, uh, frequency score, because that's essentially evaluating what you're talking about, Lee, which is ad decay. And the way you manage it is you either increase your audience size or if you want to continue to advertise and deliver messaging to that same base of people but you want to control the ad decay, then you just simply watch for that number to get too high and then create new ad copy, pause the old and launch the new. Obviously, there's some dangers with that. You may have an ad that's doing really, really well for you and if your frequency score gets too high and you feel like you have to pause it to launch a new ad, you're, you're inserting a, a pretty big new variable into your ad campaign and there's a chance that your new ad may not perform as well as your old ad. And those are risks you have to take when it comes to ad decay. But I would always be thinking of what the next ad idea is and constantly testing because there's you can be as evergreen as you want, but you're still going to have to create a new approach to an ad strategy. You can't just always have the same static ad. You'll really tick people off. So I guess to answer your question, Lee, the way I manage it is I watch the frequency score. I don't let that frequency score on my really aggressive campaigns get get close to the number two. As, as it starts to get into the high 1.6, 1.7, I start making tweaks. And um, the, the first tweak I make is with the visual, obviously. In fact, a lot of times I won't even make changes to the copy around the ad, like in the, in the ad description. I'll just make changes to the, to the uh, visual piece, whether it be the video or the image. Last question from Paul. Paul asks, what are some tips for making visually appealing Facebook ads? So I love carousel ads. As a user, I love carousel ads. As an advertiser, I love carousel ads. That would be uh, one point. GIFs are great. And even though you're technically not uploading them as a GIF, you're uploading them as like an MP4, 15 second, 10 second loop videos that tell a real story about a product or service that have a way of telling it in such a short period of time. I love those videos to run. I think those are amazing. If you have a longer form video, man, don't take shortcuts like, and don't just hire someone, throw a bunch of money at someone to create a cool ad, cool video. Really think through as the owner of your company or of your brand, really think through the storyline of the video and make something really good, even if it's a little bit underproduced. If you're gonna go with photography, you know, Facebook ads, you can you can skimp a little bit. If you're doing Instagram ads, you cannot cut corners, right? The Instagram, I, I don't think I need to say this, but I will. The Instagram audience is a very fickle audience when it comes to the imagery that they're seeing. If they even sniff, in my experience, if they even sniff stock photography, they, you know, you will you will get a bad reception to your to your ads. So make sure your imagery is really, really good. Take your own custom photography if you can. If you can't, 
there's really good services like unsplash.com, which have really great crowdsourced stock photography for free as long as you as long as you uh, basically give credit to the creators, which obviously make sure you do because that's that's not cool if you don't. So you know they've got great photography. Try that out, and um, you know try some other things. You know one of the things I do like doing is I, I love Tumblr and Reddit and looking at some of the design Reddit subreddits, like some of the web design and graphic design subreddits. I also like really looking at a lot of designers on Tumblr. I know those are really niche sites, like in terms of what we're talking about here. But the reason is is because there's a lot of really niche designers doing really cool things on those platforms and and really showing some really kind of heavy artsy stuff and i think it can create a lot of inspiration for you both graphically and maybe even technically in terms of how how you do ads you know you think about like tumblr tumblr was like the birth of the 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 animated gif like the re, the the rebirth i should say and and now it's made its way all over pop culture, all, all over every social media platform. So kind of staying on top of what some of those designers and graphic designers are doing is is a great way to understand how to stay ahead and create something cool for, for your ads, keep them visually appealing. But those would be a, those would be a few of my a few of my tips. I you know, coming back to one last point that I made earlier, which is again, be native. I've seen a lot of ads recently where like a guy's running an ad or a gal in a Facebook newsfeed and it looks perfectly it looks perfect in a Facebook newsfeed but he's also running the same ad in a in a messenger ad format and it's like cropped it it doesn't fit perfectly and there's like a key element of the ad that's missing like this stuff happens all the time and so don't make those mistakes make your ads again native to the ad placement and the biggest one is Instagram. Do not have a 16 by 9 aspect ratio image running as an ad on Instagram. Make sure you've got that perfect box, that perfect one-to-one aspect ratio. That's going to make your ad super, super visually appealing. I do love, what I love about Facebook is that they don't let advertisers consume the ad with images. Or sorry, with text. And I, I love that because it squeezes out the spammers a little bit and it allows the more creative people to come up with something a little bit better. So, yeah, don't, uh, don't cut any corners on the photography you use. Do not buy cheap stock photography. That will not go well. Those will, those will struggle for you. Invest in really good photography. Create some really good vi- uh, visual um, uh, video. And, and again, short videos. By the way, if you have one thing, I've, a trend I've been seeing has been people have been taking like a one-minute video that may, for example, walk people through a product and how it works, and they speed that up to like a 20-second video, and it's just hyperlooped through. So it's communicating the same message, but it's just doing it faster, and it loops that video so people can catch it multiple times as they're going through their feed. That's that would be one tip to take away from this this episode today. Try that. I I found that to be super super successful across a lot of different brands that I'm I'm running campaigns for. So there you go. 
All right, guys. Well, that's it for today's Q&A. We'll have another one again later this week. Like I talked about, we'll, we'll cover some Instagram ad Q&As that have come in. If you still have a few, send them on in. And uh, also, I, I think I mentioned this the last episode, but if you could, we need a few reviews on iTunes and the Google Play Store. So if you, for all you Android users out there who might be using Google Play to listen to this podcast, please leave us a review. Or if you're on the uh, iOS and you're using the the uh, the Apple native podcast app, if you could leave us a review on there for this show, that would be awesome. Your uh, your recommendations are huge to helping our, our podcast grow. And I, I I appreciate your support already just for listening and would love, love uh, your help in spreading, spreading the word about this podcast. So hopefully this stuff provides awesome value to your business, to your entrepreneurial endeavors. Like I've talked about before, my, my whole goal with this podcast was just to create a place to just share with you what I know. And hopefully it helps you and really helps you uh, solve some of the big marketing and and overall business growth problems you're trying to achieve and the goals you're trying to achieve this year. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Chase Sagan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud. Also on SoundCloud, you can post uh, any questions or topics you want me to cover for future episodes, and stay tuned for the next one. Thanks. Thanks.